Growing up with a cane pole in his hand Like a food tram sitting down by the street But leads him to the corpus play Give him a shotgun to please his mind Give them quail a few reasons to fly Living in the city just ain't for me I wanna go back to the country Take me to Texas I wanna go down that open road Take me to Texas I wanna see how far this country goes Take me to Texas I wanna go down that open road Take me to Texas I wanna see how far this country goes Fill up your coffee cup, put the dog on the porch, and turn up your radio. This is the Outdoor Zone with TJ and Cody Ryan, live from the bunkhouse. There's a place up ahead and I'm going, just as fast as my feet can fly. Come away, come away, if you're going, leave the sinking ship. Popping up saying I'm muted. You hear me, Cody? I got you. I got you coming in. Dude. How about, Steve, how about you got me? Us? You got you us? Thank you. Yeah? Everybody good? Hello? Thank you. Thank you. We, uh, we're, we're live. Okay. okay. Are we good now? Yep. Bunkhouse has been restored. <laughs> Welcome back. The outdoors are live in the bunkhouse. Just an old pin check on the back of the ranch, but we call it home. And you can tell it's just an old pin check. <laughs> and uh, we operate off of uh, an old wire coat hanger with foil. Um, so thank you for being here. My name is TJ Graney, and the bunkhouse with me is Cody Ryan. Good morning. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, dang it. Beefsteak Disco is <sighs> in the house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, he is. It, you know, you threw me. Man, well, you stole my intro. It's been my opening for a long time now. You say that, but I never heard in all the time I've known you on the air. You never have done that. But then I think you got it from. Ty Wire is the ranch hand that gets here early, makes sure the gate gets open, fires up the old pot belly stove. Cleans the snakes and cobwebs out of the way so we can get in here and do this show for you, the regulators. 
folks we get up early for and make this thing happen. We're so honored that you are tuned in and or plugged in listening to this podcast. We got folks from around the country that uh, text us and call us and participate in listening to the show. So we want to tell you how grateful we are of that. Uh, man, what a week. What a week. Been from from New Orleans, from from Austin, Texas, to New Orleans, Louisiana, to Corpus Christi, Texas. You've been saying Austin, Texas all week, but I have to remind you that there that's a pattern that needs to change at some point. So since you have moved out to the farm uh, on a full time basis. I don't know where I'm now. living. I really just <laughs> let him think, hey, he's, he's in the bunker, too, I guess. Well, uh, there is, uh, there's, there's some validity to that too. I'll give you that. But You're being on the road in Texas. So one of the things that, and I was, uh, mentioning this to Mrs. Graney last night, um, and beef, you might, you might not understand this. Oh, well, hmm. oh. so we were just doing our little low lives out there at the farm, just doing what we do kicking up some dust over there on main street in smithville texas okay now you're telling everybody and then i got a call that my brother's wife had passed and called cody cody said mount up we got a ride so we uh loaded up the truck and drove to new orleans and for the last week i have immersed myself in sensory overload so everything from the beginning of jumping on the interstate through tech through houston through east texas through being around going into new orleans holy cow there's 20 stories there about what the people everywhere and noise and things moving quick fast everywhere people things just everywhere and then coming back and uh coming straight from there to corpus here where there's people everywhere and you want to go to the beach well you just gotta grease your elbows to slide in there between some people and at a hotel and just everything and last night at a restaurant three hours two of them were just waiting for our table for 16 people yeah we were at that restaurant for four hours i mind you were we it was a four hour yes so it was wonderful because it was all family and hanging out and you know that kind of stuff but and we uh, all you know we're unlike every other family we just we're pretty much like just love each other and just smile and hug it's pretty (laughs) much we we (laughs) sat around holding hands yeah I, I know there's another family that does that, especially at four hours at, you know. I'm sure you had no crabby pants in the group, right? Nobody no. was a little crabby and upset no. and the complaining. and the salt and the, you know, sand uh, and the sunburns and all of that that comes with being at the beach. I, everybody was hey, just joyous. Do you smell it? There was That's a, a smell test. Next, there was a sure. guy next to the restaurant that had uh, uh, cleaned the fish for the guys to go out, went offshore. 
and he had a, a, a swordfish and a shark that uh, just the heads that were pretty cool. How no much did kidding. you? How much did you, you buy him see for? The swordfish? Oh man, it had like a like a three and a half foot sword on it. It was just a head and a bucket. How much did you buy it for? Uh, I didn't buy it. Oh, I thought you would buy I, it. I was going to buy it and give it to Brady, my little grandson. He, he was dragging all the kids over there to show him. I bet. Yeah. That was but a, anyway. Hmm. So what I what what I realized was that I had a major case of sensory overload. And so I'll be very happy to get back to the farm here on the last day of July in the drought in 105. Uh, I will gladly be slow rolling back to the farm to enjoy whatever it is that's there. Cody, did broken he... tractor, <laughs> you know, tall grass, bugs. Did he uh, yell at people like, uh, hey, get off my lawn? Did he do a lot of that? I think those days are behind us. Oh, there was no yelling. He is just, he just wanders around and you got to keep him, <laughs> you know, pointed in a safe hey, direction. Who's that guy over there with the swordfish uh, hanging out? Dragging yeah. it away. No, I was very in happy that boxers. he found that guy because he was over there for a good hour, you know, hanging out with that guy. So <laughs> Keep him busy. Gave you us mean? all a break. <laughs> well, first no, of all, was... let me say uh, for me and everyone here, uh, sorry about your loss. Uh, that mm, That's you, a bro. difficult, difficult thing to do. But the reaction to it is, you know, you can react one or two ways and I love what you did where you reacted and just said, we got to go. That's a good way to counteract all of that difficulty is just to go and be present with people. You never know. Just being there can uh, offer enough for someone to uh, feel like they're supported in a way that they're, uh, because their life has changed and they don't quite Big know how change. they fit in anymore. And being around people that are supportive, even if they're yelling, get off my lawn, we they still are, uh, it's an important part of that process. So thank you for being those two gentlemen that do that or are willing to do that. Let's put it that way. I think well, we, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing that was consistent through the whole thing is that uh, McBride's Guns was with us. The whole time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you were carrying it around. <laughs> you don't you don't walk the back streets in New Orleans without your uh favorite McBride's purchase. <laughs> With the way society is pounding on our rights to own guns, it's imperative we support our local gun shop. The one we trust with our constitutional rights is McBride's guns. Fan Austin family owned and operated. Firearm dealer McBrides has a gunsmith on staff to help you adjust, repair, or modify your firearms. Looking for a youth model rifle or shotgun? Go where the staff is skilled and trained to make help you make the right choice. McBrides Guns. Same place for years, 30th and Lamar. You can call them 472-3532 or online. McBridesGuns.com. McBridesGuns.com. McBrides Guns, our hometown. And by the Guns. way, if you need to take a trip out there like the boys did, 
TJ and Cody Ryan. You want to make sure that your vehicle is up to par? Take it over to Sun Automotive. Everybody at some point needs to needs their vehicle repaired. It can be hard to find a mechanic you can trust. We use our friends at Sun Auto Service. Sun Auto Service is a family-owned and operated auto repair and maintenance company since 1968. When it comes to your auto repair and maintenance needs, brake repairs, transmission service, auto Sun Automotive sincerely appreciates having the opportunity to serve you at the Sun Auto Service Repair Shop nearest you. That would be 405 West Slaughter Lane, 1300 Medical Parkway in Cedar Park, 1403 River Boulevard in Georgetown and Lakeway at 1206 Ranch Road, 620. Follow them on Facebook for great maintenance tips all week. Just go to sunautoservice.com. All right, coming up, we've got all your favorite segments. It is the Outdoor Zone. We are live in the bunkhouse, 24-7, 365. Catch us at theoutdoorzone.com. I'm Andy Morgan, and I fish FLW, and you're listening to the Outdoor Zone. All right, welcome back, regulators. It's the Outdoor Zone, number one outdoor show on radio. Uh, and your favorite podcast, outdoor podcast. We're honored to be here. TJ, Cody, Ryan, and Beef Steak. Hey, we want to remind you about our friends over at Nile Maxwell Supercenter. This summer, build your perfect new Ram without all the added charges, market adjustments, addendums, and pay nothing until it arrives during the Nile Maxwell Supercenter. Make this summer event. Just because it's not in stock doesn't mean you have to settle for less. Our Ram truck team at Nile Maxwell Supercenter will sit down with you and build out the exact Ram that best suits your needs. Build it, buy it, and we'll deliver it right to your driveway. The savings and selections are here at the number one Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram dealer in Austin. Come save thousands at the Nile Maxwell Supercenter, 62183 in Austin. See all the savings online at nilemaxwellsupercenter.com. So a little bit of fishing stuff starting to pick back up across the bass world and bass tournament world as I uh, I still have a few weeks before I head north back up to Ohio to uh, fish out of Sandusky, Ohio. Sandusky Bay, I guess they call it, maybe. Uh, and then, uh, but the last Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit tournament is going on. The MLF Pro Circuit, uh, I believe, having its last stop, stop number six at Lake Champlain going on in new york right now and those guys are hammering some fish holy cow it's just amazing when you see these guys that are i mean just catching so many fish you know there's we have some of the best bass fisheries right we have some of the best bass fisheries down here in the south that i mean it's notorious for big fish for numbers of big fish yet I, I just, I, it baffles my mind the numbers of fish, solid fish that these guys catch going up north and, and, you know, that we caught when we went up north. So I guess it's just, 
hitting it right and uh it's it just blows my mind seeing some of these numbers so last event going on there it'll be interesting to see how that pans out and uh, i believe bassmaster has one more event as well mpfl we've got two more events we've got going up there here in a few weeks up there in uh in ohio and then we actually come back down and the end of october will be in florida the end of october or early part of november to wrap up the season kind of an interesting deal they did release the new schedule uh publicly which mpfl did which uh pretty exciting for me start down in texas uh i don't know if we mentioned that here on the show but starting out (laughs) starting out in texas for the first two events so pretty exciting to uh to do that but um i was looking and i was intrigued by this article normally i you know find my own fishing stuff and roll my eyes on a lot of what a tj sends uh, as far as the fishing segment goes uh, because you know i'm no fishing that's what i do that's your fish snob yeah, yeah. fish snob <laughs> exactly uh, but i was looking at this article that i thought was very interesting in a lot of different ways tj that you uh you had sent over about why smallmouth bass are one of the most dangerous fish in the country. And we, we hadn't talked about this. Well, no, no, we all, we mentioned them like a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about, um, that conservation organization, those guys that were trying to keep them out of the river that they were working their way down, like the Ohio river or something. They were trying to keep them out of there. Were you? We were, yeah, but we didn't. We talk talked about, about them there, and I'd never heard anything about smallmouth that wasn't like, "All right, dude, let's go slam them." Anglers love smallmouth because they smash lures and fight hard. But bronze backs have a dark side. The small uh, also have a dark side. Smallmouth bass rank up and list the most popular. One of the most popular fish uh, of species in America. But they uh, fall short of the distribution range of the largemouth bass. Um, from the Great Lakes up north to deep reservoirs in the Mid-South, Northeast streams to the mighty rivers of the Pacific, bronze backs, as they call them, which are just smallmouth bass, have become stars in so many regional fishing cultures because of this it's easy to forget that they actually don't belong in many of the places we catch them. So that, 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 that whole principle, right? We've talked about the, the idea that there are different types of grasses that have shown up in different lakes. There are different types of, uh, being different types of vegetation and, uh, zebra mussels that are non-native, Mm-hmm. Here's my deal. In Corp. I get I get that some of these things are non-native species and take over massive amounts of terrain and territory. Right? The problem that I have or can take over massive amounts of of landscape. The problem I have is that at what point do some of these things become 
negative. If they are a positive for the fisheries health, what's the negative behind it? I know zebra mussels really, in a lot of ways, are very big positive. Yes, they're sharp. They can cut you. And they're a mess if they get on your dock or boat. But there's a lot of benefits to it, too. It provides nutrients. It provides or, or it takes uh, it provides food for smaller fish. It is a filtration well, know, system the, for the water. I mean, the, there's those the pros and cons. Those um, muscles, the, they are the ones that clog up the the. Uh, hydro systems in the dams that's why they don't like them there but what i what i thought was really interesting it said those brown trout uh that we fish for out of the mountain streams uh came over from europe and would have never occurred here naturally rainbows were native only to the pacific northwest right. large mouth are native to only the southeast and midwest from florida ranging to minnesota uh it, and uh, let's see, smallmouth, uh, originally native to Great Lakes and Ohio drainage within the U.S., but spread throughout the Mississippi River Basin. So but I just never me. thought about the loud, largemouth not being, they were never in Florida. Well, here's my, here's my entire, I mean, that kind of boils down. My entire argument here is if that's the case, first of all, nobody knows the species original origin i mean outside of god right can you tell me the first body of water that a brown trout ever swam in no you can't you can't give me an exact location of the first largemouth bass that ever Hello, existed. read genesis <laughs> right <laughs> that's what i'm saying god is the only one that knows the first body of water that a largemouth bass I know, in. but i mean so you, know, you they, are so these things are... all spread they all spread they've all gone to different areas they've all become native when do they start becoming a native species in that body of water that's what this whole thing boils down to right the the largemouth bass you're calling a native species in texas in all of our lakes in texas and guess what they they're not we breed them. We brought them in. We have Florida strain bass are the biggest bass that we have in Texas. Those were not original to Texas, but yet they're considered native. So you have these streams loaded with brown trout or, or, or rainbow trout just thriving, breeding populations, and yet they're not native to those areas. It's the exact same thing with these smallmouth. The, where, what constitutes them, and how long does it a, a species have to thrive in an area to become native to that area? Because nothing here, was native. Yeah, but in in a lot of these places, isn't it about whether they were introduced um, thoughtfully and not just? Uh, randomly like the carp that we talked the Asian what does that carp. mean what Who that cares? means is i believe in from so florida somebody has to go here intentionally do it yeah. for it to thrive not to thrive Even if it's thriving 
I think that's Somebody what we has call. To be intent- well, you said when did it become negative? Or, I mean, native. That's what that was. What I heard. Right. When lesson, did it become native? Here is when we. I believe that we took something from Florida and introduced a either better, right, version of it and released it in the right places at the right time in the right amount. Just the lesson here is that just because a fish is deeply ingrained in our national fishing culture doesn't mean more is always better. Likewise, a fish's popularity shouldn't allow us to ignore the problem it may be causing. Most of us wouldn't want to see any issue with catching a nice smallmouth in a stream or river where you've never caught one before, but doing so could actually be cause for alarm. And I think they're just saying, you know, they're being careful. There's a uh, Maine spent countless time, money, and resources attempting to eradicate bass from systems that foster wild trout re, uh, that foster wild trout reproduction eradication efforts also make uh, taking place in Manitoba, Oregon, ponds in Montana. So there's kind of like there's this. Just a it's kind of kinda like having. It's kind of like eliminating. I mean, survival of the fittest. If a bass shows up in a trout stream and eliminates all the trout, well, I'm sorry. That's nature. If a wolf shows up in a elk herd and eats all the elk out of that herd, well, dude, you are survival so down the some strange trail. Do you not? Are y'all not catching anything I'm saying here that? All of these, all of these creatures were non-native in those environments. Bass, Florida bass, were not in Texas yet. They're protected by a quote-unquote native as a native species. The Florida strain bass was not native to Texas. Just a, your time ago, your I mean, less than less years than you've been alive. They were non Florida strain bass were non native to Texas. Well, wow. I, I guess they did improve. <laughs> Y'all not catching any trying of that? to improve. Yeah, but well, what do we do? Like every at outdoors, man, and conservationists, every year they look at the size of the population of deer and decide whether to introduce higher limits, lower limits. I mean, it goes. What's wrong with that? Do you see that big hey, red bump? I'm, I'm sticking out the side of his head. <laughs> I don't guess y'all are y'all are following anything. Anything somewhere. I'm saying, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go to a. Uh, you to need a to go to university. your doctor and check that bump on your head. <laughs> go to a university and have a consultation with a. Uh, anyway, Altrua Healthcare. Find affordable, top-quality health care options that can be tricky for sportsmen, entrepreneurs, and those who are self-employed. Altrua HealthShare is a 501c3 organization that's been sharing in medical needs for over 25 years. Altrua HealthShare is not insurance. However, it offers a powerful alternative to traditional insurance and skyrocketing costs. Altrua HealthShare is a health care sharing ministry, which means that members commit to a standard, a, a statement of standard, which includes healthy lifestyle choices. You can find out how much you can save. You know, my family and I, we use Altria Health Share, and I wouldn't have it any other way. 
You can find out how much you can save by going to myshare.org, Altura Health Share, where we care for one another. Hey, uh, I, I, I want somebody out there to text us or post on our Facebook something if they have any idea the angle I was going in, I was going with there. If you want to support Cody uh, or disagree with Cody, there's got to be somebody out there with a higher level of thinking that can that can pat text, me on the back and understand where I was going with that. Text Coming up to, next, it's can, news of the weird. I want to tell them where to text Cody five one two three three seven thirty seven seventy six. Yeah, but that's not going to work on the podcast. But they can get us on our Facebook. That's where it'll happen. Uh, find us on our Facebook. Hey, News of the Weird up next. It's the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse 24-7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com. I'm Randall Tharp, and I fish FLW. You're listening to the Outdoor Zone. Fish on. All right. Welcome back, regulators. Hey, here in the bunkhouse, the Outdoor Zone, we're always shopping for Mother Nature's grocery store. Fresh and delicious meats of every flavor, venison, pork, fowl, and even delicious bass. Post your shopping pictures on our Facebook, The Outdoor Zone, The Outdoor Zone. My name is TJ Graney. Honored to have you here on this live recording of our podcast. Don't forget to check out our brand new website, theoutdoorzone.com, theoutdoorzone.com. Hey, Austin's hottest new restaurant, Shore Raw Bar and Grill. Just looking at their Sunday morning post and... uh it, it again, they're pushing those third coast Benedict eggs, Benedict, and uh, they got that steak and egg charcuterie platter that is just incredible. Did I say that? How about that? I said, sure you did, you practiced charcuterie. Oh, uh, and they have a, j- a jazz brunch today on the patio. You can sit inside, whichever you like. It's just an incredible place. Our friends over there. Uh, Rick Wahlberg and Jim Snyder killing it, and you need to go see them. Located on Highway 71 West at Covered Bridge, just west of the YNO Kill, the Shore Raw Bar and Grill, shoreatx.com for details. Shoreatx.com for details. Shore Raw Bar and Grill, go get you some of that. Now it's time for your news of the weird. Huh? Wild, weird, strange, and crazy things can happen in the outdoors. We seek them out and bring them to you each and every week. It's time for the Outdoor Zone's Outdoor News of the Weird. Well, you can't make this stuff up, folks. Alligator picks drone out of midair. Smoke shoots out of its mouth as it swallows it down. Alligators are known to eat odd things, strange things. Anytime they slice one open, they inevitably find a wild amount of stuff inside. We're talking about dog collars, car parts, bullets, thousands, thousand-year-old arrowheads, and sometimes even human remains. (laughs) They also indulge in the odd bit of garbage eating. Um, 
they should be enough to scare you off of these creatures. Anything can swallow trash is definitely capable of chewing up a human. Gators are incredible predators that strike with speed and short bursts, uh, trying to use the element of surprise. Uh, this fella found out that hard way when he flew his drone in trying to get some good shots out of nowhere the gator leaps up grabs the drone above him in the air onlookers watch as the gator tries to scarf the drone down but after a few good chomps the drone starts smoking very badly as everyone <laughs> yells at the gator to stop <laughs> oh that'll do it yeah of course the gator just doesn't care though it keeps on chewing with the smoke coming out like there's a fire in its stomach. I mean, it looks like a literal fire-breathing dragon. Yep, that's how tough these prehistoric beasts are, and they will they will swallow a drone that's nearly on fire and not think twice about it. So we started talking about some of the things we've, we've talked about over the years that have been found in uh, alligators. I think, I think alligators are far worse than the... You know, you saw the movie Jaws where they cut the stomach open and a license plate <laughs> falls out yeah. and stuff like that. I think alligators have swallowed far more stuff. They found far more stuff in an alligator than they have in sharks. Yeah, it's it, that's been a long time. It's been a long time. Uh, See, I've never... Source of many strange strange findings i've never been alligator hunting have y'all so i i went a couple of times when i used to film a tv show and uh it was i i thought it was pretty cool that you put the lines out with chicken leg and a giant giant almost almost <laughs> nylon line mm-hmm. hanging off a stick over the water and depending on how high you hung it over the water was how big this is in theory um i haven't done it enough to know it as a fact but how high you hang it off the water determined how big the gator was that you catch because the big gators could come up higher to grab the chicken Mm. go back and if you see that line not hanging there with the chicken and it's in the water then you know okay it's on and you pull it in and you get it up on shore and you shoot it between the eyes with your pistol. And then you take it to the processor. And that was the part that I thought was really interesting. Take it to the processor, they weigh it, and then you can sign on a, you know, you can like, okay, I want to get a pair of boots. I want a <laughs> handbag. Uh, I want a cap. And they'll, then you get uh, packages of vacuum sealed prepackaged meat given to you right then and there we'll see you don't get different alligator uh, so you don't have to wait on it then yeah and then they just ship you your boots or whatever it is pretty interesting so So, do you think that should be on a bucket list for uh outdoor adventures for people all the regulators what about you cody of doing it would you do it, Cody, if we lined it all up? Or have you been? No, I have not. And I, I, I got no problem with the alligator hunt. Well, y'all would, were just uh, down in I'll Alligator in Central. You could have gone out taking some airboats from 
Probably people that yeah, were we around saw, you. We saw an airboat dealer, which I thought was kind of interesting. Saw a whole airboat dealer. There's like 40 airboats in a lot in New Orleans or in Louisiana. Yeah, Louisiana. Right off Nylon's, of I-10. I don't think Nylon's at it, but uh, yeah, you, there's those swamplands and all that stuff. I mean, how else are you going to get around? You can't drop a big old lower unit, you know, prop driven <laughs> boat in those things in a lot of those areas. So there's a lot of water to cover if you got an airboat or some, or, you know, a jet drive or something along those lines. You know, that hey, I was going to was... mention we, yes, uh, you know, we're, we've been at the beach for the last several days and, uh, and looking at, uh, finding shells and, all of the marine creatures that we've been finding, I thought was, uh, you know, it was always fun, fun part of the beach or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I saw this article on finding uh, shark's teeth. That's something I've never done. I've never found a shark's tooth. Oh, man. And I don't know how to find them, but I was looking at this article that gives you tips for finding shark's teeth and thought uh, maybe that's my... I mean, maybe that's what I need to do. I need to read the tips. But I thought they were, they were interesting. Uh, for shark tooth hunting, Natural Geographic recommends researching local areas from coast to coast that were once covered by ocean in order uh, to, up, to up the odds of finding these hidden creatures. So it's not talking about finding them in the actual ocean. Is that, I mean, have you found shark's teeth? And have On the beach? Yeah, on the beach, on, on right? On the beach is where you've. Yeah, along with the shells. Leaving early for the beach is recommended. So it talks about finding them in and around the beach and getting there early, I guess, during low tide or after a storm when the ocean might have shaken things up. Tooth uh, searching takes a lot of patience. I guess it's like finding uh, or looking for arrowheads probably, huh? (laughs) Don't you think? Like the odds and the length of time and... If you're walking down the beach, too, you'll notice that there are certain areas where there's a concentration of small shells and broken pieces and stuff, and then it's thin, and then there's a concentration. I don't know if that's because there's breaks in the, in the you know, swells or whatever you would call it. I don't even know, but um, there's certain areas where you have them and, it, and where you have more and and it is i think it is like finding an arrowhead you're walking along and you kind of get an eye kind of mm-hmm. get used to seeing like the little black part of it or whatever the little white part of it um but there's you can find tons of them tons yeah well that was the, getting the right spot and that's the thing that i didn't realize too in this article it says 50 uh sharks can lose 50,000 teeth in a lifetime, one shark lose fifty thousand teeth. I know what, what y'all are going to be doing after the show. You're going to go walk on the beach, aren't you? I'm going to be getting in that truck. I'm going to be hightailing it. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm giving my uh, shark tooth finds over to the next person to walk down that beach. <laughs> yeah, I I haven't uh, seen my Nile Maxwell GMC in 
in a week, and uh, I need to go home and see that little girl. <laughs> if you're looking for that perfect truck or SUV and you can't find it, let the professionals at Nile Maxwell GMC have one built for you. Just because it's not in stock doesn't mean you have to settle for less. Our team at Nile Maxwell GMC will sit down with you and build out the exact vehicle that suits your needs. Uh, go see our friends. You can select from an entire lineup of new GMCs from any make or model. Check out financing options. All of that at NileMaxwellGMC.com. Go visit our friends over there. Nile Maxwell GMC. Exit 256 in Round Rock. Or check them out online. NileMaxwellGMC.com. See dealer for details because we are professional grade. Coming up. A lot more of your favorite outdoor zone radio show. Game Warden Field Notes. You don't want to miss it. 24-7-365 at theoutdoorzone.com. Sometimes you tell the day by the bottle that you drink. Hey, this is Jeff Foxworthy, and you're listening to two of my favorite rednecks, TJ and Cody on the Outdoor Zone. Welcome back, Regulators. Aldo Leopold said, I am glad I will not be young in a future without wilderness. It's up to us to train up the next generation of outdoor men and women. Don't sit on the back row. Stand and fight. Give to Kids Outdoor Zone land, cash, vehicles, boats, or start a group in your church. Go to kidsoutdoorzone.com to donate. KOZ, no kid left inside. Uh, let's see. Keystone Bank. Yes, that's right. Keystone Bank. We all bank at Keystone Bank. Experience the value of community banking where local matters. Pick up the phone and call. You get a human on the other end. It'll help you. Come join the bank of choice for Austin community members, families, and entrepreneurs. We're Keystone Bank, founded by Jeff Wilkinson and his team, operated right here in Austin, Texas, by locals just like you. That's why we're so invested in our community and its success. When you bank with Keystone, you'll enjoy the local relationship-based service that sets us apart. Banking at your fingertips, anywhere, anytime. To learn more or to get started with the Keystone account, visit one of our locations in person, 11,500 B Caves Road, West Austin, 500 Pressler Street in downtown Austin, or 900 Hutchins Avenue in beautiful Ballinger, Texas, or just go to the website, keystonebank.com or keystone.bank, keystone.bank for all the information. Yep. Keystone.bank. Now it's time for game warden field notes. These are the stories of the brave and courageous men and women of law enforcement, defenders of the outdoors. These are true Game Warden Field Notes. Los Alamos, New Mexico, earlier this week, Bandeler, 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 how do you say that? Bandelier rangers and preservationists discovered damage in a highly visited and very popular Francisco. area of the Pueblo Loop trail known as 
Bhava Kiva. Kivas are sacred sites and centers for religious and social life for Pueblo people today, just as they were for their ancestors. The Kiva is in one of the cavettes, which visitors are allowed to access by climbing a short ladder. Signs at the site request that visitors demonstrate respect for the cultural significance of the area as they would when visiting any other cultural or religious shrine. Rangers on on the trails and in the visitor center remind public of the importance of the area. There have been, um, and we've seen this. Tell me what you just said. (laughs) So they have in, in some of the, you know, you see these pictures and you see videos and, and, and people on vacation taking pictures of the Indian Pueblos, the mud houses built into the sides of a, of a cliff. And you can visit some of them. They'll allow you to go through some of them. And some jack legs out there, and this happens in our national parks or state parks, um, will go with spray paint Hmm. and spray paint something on there, or they'll carve their name in. And there was some defacing with spray paint in, uh, in one of these areas. And now public access to the space has been revoked the ladders removed signs posted everywhere closed so one irresponsible jackleg some person who's not been trained by responsible adults to yeah, be a responsible liz, adult liz themselves. and dave for life just kidding you know, like destruction you see on bridges. of architectural resources and, is against law and could result in felony charges, restitution, fees for information leading to the. So, you, uh, you're, create you're do you're doing a felony. Your declaration of love is actually a felony. That was my joke. You know, like Dave and Sam for life or whatever Dave and Sam what like. what show are we heading towards sounds uh so it just it just makes me it just it just pisses me off when somebody disrespect it's like somebody who throws tra- I was talking to uh to somebody here in Corpus and we were talking about the people who leave trash at the beach they leave their old broken pop-ups everywhere and they say after a weekend there's trash everywhere, and I'm just thinking, who are the jacklegs? It, I'll tell you what. Uh, trash, being a litter bug, you, you should get punched in the ear. And oh. if your parents don't teach you better, they should get punched in the ear too. <laughs> That's the key to it, right there. Punching the punching. parents in parents. the ear. No, no, no. The parents being on top of it or be willing to train. That's the hard part. I don't think it comes naturally. Um, I think leaving stuff around is a natural occurrence. Look at kids. I got those. My nephews are visiting, and there's dinosaurs everywhere and well, I'm all not kinds of stuff. Well, I'm talking about leaving toys laying around. I'm talking about throwing, somebody who's just walking along. They take a wrapper off something. They just throw it on the ground. I know, but I mean, I it's just, natural. I can't, stand, I can't handle that. I'm telling you, it's natural it. for people to do that. I believe 
and they have to be taught the reason what it affects, why not to do it, and uh, the consequences of it. The consequences of it is I'm going to punch them in the ear. And there's just so much of that stuff left on the on the beaches after a weekend. And these people go into these national parks and they spray paint, you know, some sign on there, some initials or something. Yeah, whatever that, you know, (laughs) is. Plus Sam for life. It's the most disrespectful thing you could do. And, you know, I hope they take a picture of it and post it on their social media, being the idiots that they are, and they get a little visit from the feds. Jeez, Louise, man. Uh, I, I mean, you could take this as far as you want. We talked about it earlier this week, DJ, where I said you're probably one of those guys that uh, – but you had an opposite, and I can't remember what what the scenario was, scenario was. But it was an opposite take on a on a different thing. What are those little stacks of rocks when you're? Yeah, I forget. You what know they where call people them. stack rocks in a creek or a river, and you make a little pyramid or a little. You just uh, stack I think they're them. called Karens. C a r i n maybe. Hmm. Are you're, you kidding? You're a Karen. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, you're a king. <laughs> I think they're called Karens. No, how about the uh, the irony? If that's if that's truth, as to what they're so called. Cody, are you pro Karen or negative? You don't like it, do no, you? No, I want it to be natural. I want to be able to walk down a a river and feel like I'm the first one since. Columbus. I agree. I absolutely agree. There shouldn't be well, that's any a first. We need sign- to write this down. Well, there's a whole reason why uh, why a Karen is important when you're on a trail or, you know, it helps you find your way. It's Humans have been marking the trail since they began. So it doesn't have to be something that's, it's, you're not defacing anything. You're not um, changing the way a river flows or the way life livestock or um it's an experience animals are going to be experience. moving it's through the same area. way same way you find trash in the uh, you know in a park or on the beach like it just doesn't feel so tj like i gotta ask you a question are you the a trash you're the trash guy that you really bothers you it's your pet peeve, right? Has it? Yes, it is. From your your personal pet peeve, from the beginning, were you like that, or did you grow into that, or were taught that? I mean, are you telling me that from five years old on, you were like, "Ooh, there's trash." I can't I'm gonna remember pick that up. five years old. Okay, I can't ten years anything. old. I was in my twenties before I could remember anything. <laughs> could have been it's probably within the last 15 minutes that he remembers it <laughs> that he doesn't like trash around. you do have you do have some uh some friends that on lonelyplanet.com no you should not stack rocks next time you hike here's why understanding con- contention surrounding one of humanity's most ancient art forms rock stacking 
But see, I see those things going together in my mind. I see leaving trash behind. It's leaving any trace of your existence behind. It's like that show uh, Alone. Have y'all seen that show Alone where people go out in different parts of the area and try and live? I would rename that Miserable. (laughs) Yeah, but the show Alone. Okay, these people go out into the wilderness, live for as long as they can. The last person left wins a half million bucks or something like that. And so they build cabins. They do all this stuff. Well, I at the very end, like if somebody leaves, whether they get sick or it's the, you know, the last person there or for whatever reason, these people leave throughout the show. They have this kind of a fast forward clip of where they disassemble their little area that they built, meaning their cabin or their, you know, tent or whatever living structure they had, they show this fast forward clip of, and I'm guessing it's part of the show's, you know, crew of them disassembling it. And then the picture of where they built their camp and it's what it looks like when they were, when they're done disassembling it. And you cannot tell a footstep as step, you know, has been there. Oh, and I've seen, I I've like seen. the end of that show or when somebody leaves and they show that showing that there's no trace left behind. I've seen, I've seen that, uh, where people go back, old timers go back and dismantle even their log homes in Alaska and stuff. But this is, this is super simple stuff. You know, don't, don't go to a national park and or state park and deface it with i mean who who would carry a can of who who taught their kid to carry a can of spray paint into the national park dave loves sam bro for <laughs> life and it's, it's true love stacking rocks has been a hiker's deal and maybe we shouldn't do it um it, okay. I see it if i same. decide no well then okay then i just won't do it but there's plenty of times where i've like where am I on these, you know, bouldering across the so, field trying to get to the other side of the trail and not know where to go? And, I, you know, a little stack of rocks sure made a difference for me. One time I was uh, on a trip with a guy and he said, well, basically the difference is between you and me is you're a tourist and I'm a traveler. And I went, oh, the tourists will grab trinkets or make sure they knew that they were there. Someone needed to know a traveler is someone that gives to the what the journey that they're on so and hey if you're a landowner you probably get all of this about leave no trace and no trash there's no better way to ensure a successful farm or ranch operation than to have safe and well-built equipment we shop at farmranchstore.com if you're a landowner need fencing feeders maybe you need a rodeo arena or a hog trap You'll find it at farmranchstore.com. Farmranchstore.com. That's where the landowner goes to get the work done. Well, that's it for this hour. Hey, we'll come back on the flip side. We got some more. We got all our, uh, let's see, we got Armed Citizen Report, Peter Report, and more. You get it one place live in the bunkhouse Sunday morning, 7 to 9, or 24 7, 365 on your favorite podcast platform, The Outdoor Zone. We'll be back right after this. I'm just looking